0: Welcome back to Bible time. First Thessalonians 5.5 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now here, he's obviously not saying that everybody in the whole world is a child of light. Jesus Christ called some people the children of your father, the devil. Um, The children, this fact that we're all God's children, or the claim that we're all God's children is a lie from the devil. The Bible says, as many as received him, that is Jesus Christ, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There is no life but in the Son. Jesus is the life. He's the light. Here he says, ye are all the children of light. So if you're a child of light, that means by nature of that, that you're a child of God, Christ being God. Obviously not Christ's child by a physical birth, but Christ's um, child by a spiritual birth, which only works if he's God the Father. Uh, I met a man once who said that he believed in Father God, brother Jesus, and mother earth. Uh, That's not the relationship there. That's not the Trinity. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Ghost and these three are one. Jesus Christ is the Son. He's the only begotten of the Father, but He's also the Father. He's also the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also the Father and also Jesus. And the Father is also the Holy Spirit and also Jesus. These three are one. They are perfectly separate individuals. The Father, the Son, which is called the Word there in 1 John 5, 7, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So here you are all the children of light. Jesus is the light. This is talking about the children of God. And the contrast, here is between the children of God and the children of the devil, the children of the world, the children of the flesh, the children of the father, the children of the word, the children of the Holy ghost, the children of the book, the followers of the Bible and the followers of the world. Now here, he wouldn't say this. "Ye are all the children of the light, unless you could know that you're a child of the light. He evidently figured it out. And if he can figure it out, you can figure it out. These people that say you can't know are of the devil. And you watch out for that. Now there's some things out there that you can't know. Those things that the Bible doesn't explicitly teach. But if the Bible teaches it, you can know it. And anybody that tries to blur and cover and confuse an area that the Bible clearly teaches is somebody who is doing the work of the devil. First John 5 says, Says these things in verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. We're looking at this today. We're looking at this concept of being a child of the light. The title of the message today. Ye are all the children of light. Ye are all the children of light. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would open our eyes, open our understanding, show us where we are with you. Show us where we're not with you. Lord, I pray that you would do the most wonderful and gloriously gracious thing that you can possibly do for us and expose our need for you. Show us where we really need to get right with you, Lord. Show us where as Christians we're not right. Show us where as lost people who think that we're Christians we're lost, Lord. Show us. Show us what we need to know, Lord, in order to get right with you and help us, Lord, not to put on a facade and a show. Help us to be real, Father, and and sincere in your eyes, not just sincere in our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. So here in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says to this fledgling church, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. He's telling these baby Christians, yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And these baby Christians had some eschatology down that we can't get down in our Bible schools. They had some end times prophecy figured out that our most learned theologians can't seem to wrap their minds around a reason for that. God has chosen the foolish th- things of this world to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the mighty and the base things to confound the things that are strong. God has chosen the foolish things and God chose this foolish little church, this foolish little group of people that Paul was only with for three Sabbath days. He barely had a chance at follow up. And when he did, he sent back Timotheus, a young little preacher boy who preached to him. And here he's writing this letter to them, rejoicing that their faith had stood the test. Their faith had stood the battle. Their faith had stood against persecution. And he tells this church here to watch out because the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night. But he says, you already know that when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. So here they are contrasted with ye. And we've talked about that some in the previous lessons. You're welcome to look them up there online. The ye and the they are contrasted contrasted here and the ye are the children of light verse 4 but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief he's saying you are ready already you are ready for that day now I've heard this all my life taught or insinuated by different people at different times. I've heard this taught that we should not let the day of the Lord overtake us as a thief, that we need to prepare for that day as born again, saved people that our that our focus should be on not getting caught with our pants down, so to speak, when Jesus Christ comes back, not getting caught in an awkward situation. This is not the bent of what Paul is saying. Paul here is saying, ye are already ready. Now act like it. Look what he says. Ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the light nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. He says, ye are all the children of light. You are saved. You are born again. Act like it. Don't sleep like others do. Watch and be sober. Verse 7, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So here he gives us some actions, just a little sampling sleeping in the night drunken in the night this little sampling of things that manifest the children of the night and the children of the darkness verse 8 but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation and he calls this church to battle he calls this church to to grow up and stand up and mature up in the faith of Jesus Christ and to live out what they are not to live out what they say but to live out what they are and there's a difference. Anybody can say, I'm a Christian. Anybody can put a cross bumper sticker on the back of their truck. Anybody can go get a cross tattoo. Anybody can put on a cross necklace. Anybody can make a PVC pipe cross and stand by the highway with it. And I don't care if if you want to do that. Go ahead with that PVC pipe cross if you want to. But the question is, are you today children of the light? Paul said to these people, ye are all the children of the light. Now, Jesus is is the light of the world. Go to John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Here you have a contrast once again between the light and the darkness. And the irony of this is that the darkness does not comprehend the light, though the light comprehends the darkness. If you talk to a blind person that has never known that light exists, and they live in a blind community that has never known that light exists, and they've groped about their whole lives eking out a subsistence in their blindness, and you walk in and tell them that you have seen light, they are probably not going to believe you. You can see that they are blind, but they cannot see that you can see, because they cannot see. Their blindness inhibits them from understanding their blindness. The darkness comprehended it not, and it is a raw reality that man in his sin, man in his wickedness cannot discern his own wickedness. Man in his ungodliness, man in his rebellion will always justify himself in the face of clear evidence because he cannot see the evidence." man is wicked to the core. Man has no spark of goodness anywhere in him. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All our righteousness says, the Bible says, are as filthy rags. We have all gone astray, the Bible says, gone astray from the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. The Bible says that we are, have wicked hearts that are deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know them? Deceitful above all things. This is God's judgment of man's heart. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended at night not. Here is this light, Jesus Christ. Verse 6 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. This light is a capital L light. The name of an individual over and over again here, the light with a capital L, light with a capital L. Light with the capital L, light in verse nine again with the capital L. He says in verse eight, John, he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, that every man is lighted by the light does not mean that every man is a child of the light. What did it just get done saying here in verse 5? The light shineth in darkness but the darkness comprehended it not and this true light of Jesus Christ has truly shined in all the world. The Bible says the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Jesus Christ has given the gospel, Jesus Christ has given hope, Jesus Christ has given mercy, Jesus Christ has opened a way to the Father through the wounds in his side, and in his head, and in his hands, and in his feet, and through the blood that was poured out on Calvary. Jesus has made a way, but man has not repented, and has not turned from his way. Verse 9, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. The world knew him not, love not the world. We'll look at that verse in just a little while. This is why the world knows not Jesus Christ. Verse eleven. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, that's not your mommy or your daddy through the blood, that's not your church or the Pope through your penance and good works, nor of the will of man. That's not your sinner's prayer or going down and weeping at the altar, but they were born, it says of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness of him and And cried saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. So here is Jesus Christ, the word of God, the light that cometh into the world. Go to John chapter 8, where Jesus would tell the scribes and the Pharisees, I am the light of the world. John 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I want you to understand here and notice that there is an action that is required for the children of darkness to to be with Christ and to know Christ. He that followeth with me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life this is jesus christ's own testimony go to verse 31 of this text <clears throat> Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Go to Isaiah chapter 8, and we'll look at the last part of that chapter going into chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 8. and verse 20. Here is Jesus Christ to the law and to the testimony. He says, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. He's saying here, these people, he speaks to them in verse 19, when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. That's our day. That's the day that we live in. The children of light even seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and mutter. We've got all these people running around. Blah. Blabbering in so-called unknown tongues. And everybody thinks that they're a bunch of spiritual people and they're nothing but wizards and they that have familiar spirits. Peeping and muttering and blabbering all this garbage. He says, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Furthermore, we have a bunch of false prophets in our land that go and they have familiar spirits in them that give them charisma, that give them an ability to draw a following, that give them an an ability to win people and influence people. And our people are seeking after those people. They seek, it says, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Why are you looking to the dead for help if you're dead? Stop looking to the dead and look to the living. Look to God. Look to the law, verse 20, and to the testimony. The word of God is living, it's alive. The Bible says that the word of God is quick. That means it is alive, it is sharp, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two edged sword piercing even, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. He says, uh, soul and spirit, you're looking to familiar spirits. You're looking to prophets. You're looking to showmen. You're looking to big names. You're looking to theologians. You're looking to the world. God says, should not my people seek? Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Shouldn't you go to the living to help the dead and not to the dead? Shouldn't you go to the law and to the testimony to the word of God if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Do you hear me today? Anyone that says they love God and they depart from the word of God, anyone that says they love God and they preach another gospel, anyone that says they love God but they lead you to familiar spirits, they lead you to ungodliness, they lead you to sin They are are not of God, and there is no light in them. It says, And they shall pass through it, hardly bestead and hungry. And it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God, and look upward, and they shall look unto the earth, and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness." Here they are driven to darkness because they have rejected the word. They've rejected to the, the law and the testimony, and they seek unto them that have familiar spirits. They seek unto the counselors. They seek unto the self-help. They seek unto all these hot shots and, and all these big names, and instead of looking to the, to the God that created them and to the word of God that he gave, they go to these familiar spirits, and they're driven to darkness. Now, this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ, and that the people would be seeking to the earth they would be cursing their king, cursing their God when he came. Look at chapter 9 and verse 1. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. He says it's not going to be like it was. God's not going to leave the people in the darkness that they are in. They've cursed their God. They've cursed their king. They looked upward. Then they looked unto the earth. They be- held trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish. They were driven to darkness but look at verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. This is none other than the coming of Jesus Christ the righteous. Isaiah 9 6 shortly down there tells us unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and, his, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the Mighty God the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And there in John chapter 1, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the light, hath appeared to all men, the light that lighteneth every man, the Bible says. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not This is the light that the Bible here in 1 Thessalonians 5 is saying, ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. There's a contrast between the light and the darkness. How many of you have noticed that light and darkness do not mix? You can emulsify water and oil. You cannot emulsify light and darkness. The process process of emulsifying takes that oil and breaks it up into microscopic particles so that the oil can be scattered and dispersed throughout the water, though it still does not bond with the water entirely. It's still separated. And that process can make it appear that we have, that we can mix water and oil. But in reality, it's still not mixed and today we have churches who have emulsified doctrine they have emulsified the Bible with the world they have found out ways and technology and means and teachings and things that they can do to bring together the world and the word of God and they water down the word of God and they oil up the word with the the teachings of the Holy Spirit of God misapplied to sin, misapplied to wicked lifestyles misapplied to living in rebellion to God but the two do not mix and the reality is that light and darkness do not and cannot mix dimness is an absence of light not a mixing of light and darkness the darker it gets the less light there is not the less mixed it is dimness is not a mixing it is a lack of of light. And no matter how much you emulsify the world and the church, the dimness that comes from that will turn to darkness someday. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and let's look at the author, the creator of the world and of light. Here it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light and there was was light and God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. We're going to look at this a little bit more in just a little bit. Let's look at this day first. What day is this talking about? He says, you are all the children of light and the children of the day in Genesis chapter one and verse five. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. God defines his own terms. When we look here in the Bible, Bible where he says, "Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. We can compare that to other scriptures to find God's definitions. And here in Genesis chapter one and verse five, God called the light day and God called the darkness night. The darkness, it says he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. So you have a literal 24 hour period that is a day, but beyond that day, day means light light. It means a time of lightness. It means an absence from darkness. Day is the separation of light and darkness. Night is whenever light has departed and day is whenever light shines brightly. Darkness, you'll note, is the default condition of the world. Without an, in, without an addition of energy, without a greater power influencing the world, we would not have light. If it was not for the sun shining, we would not have light during the day. Everything that we have depends upon light. And without the light of the sun, we would not have lived long enough to create artificial light. The light of the sun reflects from the moon. And from the moon, we get light in the night. And these two great lights, the Bible says, rule the night and the day. And these lights are from a greater power. They're from God. Light comes from God. Darkness comes by default. You are born in a state of darkness. You are born without form and void. You are born a created human being with a soul that is eternal and designed by God to worship Him. But in that state of being born in the flesh, you do not have the light. You do not have the power. But there is a light that lighteneth every man that comes into the world. And that light of the world is Jesus. And as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Notice he said, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now we have a doctrine being taught in our day and in our hour and in this last days that we live in that God adopts children and lets them run amok. God adopts children and they live like hell and they live like the devil and they don't follow him. But at least they got adopted and they're going to heaven someday. I want to tell you, my friend, that that doctrine is not found in the Bible. There is not place for that doctrine in the Bible. God does not adopt children and let them run off however they want to run. Jesus said, then are ye my disciples, if ye continue in my word. If you are truly born again, you will continue. And if you are not born again, it will be exposed. We're going to look at this a little bit more as we move on. Here in 2 Samuel 23, We just go there real quick. We've looked at this. This is one of the first prophecies in the Bible about the day of the Lord. And here, King David is talking about how that it will be like a clear shining. The day of the Lord will be like a sunrise. This is in Second Samuel 23 and verse 4. And I want to pick up a couple concepts from this here today. As it speaks of the day of the Lord, he says here, the God of Israel said, in verse 3, the rock of Israel spake to me, he that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God, and he shall be as the light of the morning. When the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds as the tender grass springing up out of the earth by clear shining after rain although my house be not so with God yet he hath made me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things ensure for this is all my salvation and all my desire although he make it not to grow but the sons of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands did you see what he said in the midst of speaking about the rising of the sun and the clear shining after rain and the grass springing up out of the earth he says the sun of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away ye are all the children of light he says to the church at Thessalonica but that does not apply to everybody alive there are many today who are sons of Belial and they will be thrust away and broken with a rod of iron Jude verse 14 speaks of that day lo the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints and look what he's going to do when he comes there in Jude and verse 14 it says Enoch also the 7th from Adam prophesied of these saints, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouths, speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage." "...but, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having not the Spirit." What is he talking about when he says separate themselves? He's talking about forsaking the assembly of them as the manner of some is in Hebrews. I believe it's chapter 10 where he exhorts us not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together." These be they who went out from us because they were not of us. Sensual, having not the Spirit. They're sensual. They're driven by their senses, by their taste, by their touch, by their hearing, by their um, sense of sight, by their feelings. They're driven by what they feel instead of by the Word of God, the law and the testimony. They have it not in them and they speak not according to this Word and there is no light in them. There is a separation that takes place between light and darkness there is a separation that is unavoidable between light and darkness these two cannot exist together the bible says in genesis 1 and god called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day in verse 4 it says and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness now here he says in first thessalonians 5 5 we are not Of the night. We are not of the night. This is a contrast. Let's go to Genesis 19 real quickly. We're going to just touch a couple of verses that show us some of the characteristics of the night and of the darkness. Genesis 19 and verse one. And there came two angels to Sodom at even and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground and he said, behold now my lords, turn in I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Here they were going to literally rape the angels that God had sent. These sodomites were coming after this angelic flesh. It wasn't enough for them to pervert their own flesh. It wasn't enough for them to destroy and defile everything in their city and everything in their area until God said that the blood cried up from the ground from the area and that the cry of Sodom was great, the oppressed. You say, it's my body, it's my right. You say, I can do whatever I want to do, but you can't stop yourself when you start down that path. You don't have have control over how far your sin takes you, and invariably your sin will involve everybody around you, and your liberty stops where mine begins, and your so-called liberty to sin cannot be contained, and you know it. bunch of perverts out there trying to claim that they are um, righteous because they love each other in a way that God says is sin, and they act like they can confine themselves, and they cannot, just like these men of Sodom. Here these men came round about the house, and they were going to do this horrible, wicked deed, wanting to do a vile act to these angels. When Lot stood against them, they said, we'll do worse with you than we would with them. And we find that God judged this city. In verse 23, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. This is a city of the night. This is a city of the darkness. Go to Judges. Judges in chapter 19. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? It's the same number chapter Genesis 19 here in Genesis 19 you have a Levite who is traveling with his concubine what a mess that is what an ungodly mess that is that God never intended and here they come and the night falls upon them as they're traveling by Gibeah of Benjamin it says in verse 14 and they passed on and went their way and the Sun went down upon them when they were by Gibeah which belongeth to Benjamin and they turned aside thither to go in and to lodge in Gibeah and when he went in he sat him down in street of the city for there was no man that took him into them into his house to lodging and behold there came an old man from his work out of the field of even this man would bring them into his house and the men of Gibeah did what the men of Sodom did to the angels this time the man brought out his concubine and the men of Gibeah satisfied themselves and their lusts on his concubine all the night the whole city abused her the Bible says all through the night and in the day whenever the daylight finally came. She was dead. The Bible says in verse 26, then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way. And behold, the woman, his concubine was fallen down at the door of the house and her hands were upon the threshold. And he said unto her up and let us be going, but none answered. Then the man took her up upon an ass and the man rose up and got him unto his place. It tells us he divided her body into parts and said, them throughout Israel. What a sordid tale. What an awful reality. What a wicked time. What a desperate time that this was. And it happened in the night. I want you to go. To the next passage that we have, Luke 22. Go to Luke 22, and we will see here what Jesus Christ called the power of darkness. The power of darkness. Having considered the darkness and the night, having considered the day and the light, once we finish a couple verses here, we'll jump into the reality and vitality of true sincerity, of real believing, of real faith in the Bible, of what that actually means to be a child of the light. Luke chapter 22. And verse 52, here's Jesus. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Here, Jesus Christ is in the garden of Gethsemane. He's been praying throughout most of the night. And here, Judas, one of his disciples, has sold and betrayed the innocent blood of Jesus Christ to his enemies. And in the night, they came out to him. During the temple, Dear, in the temple, during the day, these same people walked all around but could not lay their hands on Jesus. And I have news for you today. Right now, in this day, there are people walking around the temples of this this world, walking around the churches of this world who are living in sin, they are living in wickedness, they are living in false pretenses, and they are pretending to love Jesus, but if they could grab him and kill him, they would do it. They can't do it because it is still the day. But the night cometh, the Bible says, when no man can work. And the day will come when the false church of Jesus Christ will rise up. The day when Jesus Christ removes his true bride from this world. And the false church will rise up with one heart and one voice. With a demonic Pentecost. With a demonic outpouring of satanic power. And they will align themselves with the beast and the false prophet and the Antichrist and they will turn this world to sin and they will turn this world to wickedness and they will reap a bountiful bountiful harvest for a short time. But God will judge them. The Bible says that the beast and all the people of the world will revenge themselves on the great whore. That day is coming. In Matthew 25 and verse 30, the unprofitable servant is cast into outer darkness. In Matthew 27 and verse 45, Jesus Christ is dying on the cross and the Bible says that darkness was over all the land until the ninth hour. (coughs) The darkness represented the fact that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, was going out of the world. And I have to tell you today, friend, there is a day whenever your space for grace, your time to receive the light of the world, your time to receive him and with him to receive power to become a son of God will be removed from this world and you will be left in outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's not talking about hell there when it's talking about those kings parables. That's talking about the frightful reality of living outside of the grace of God. Living without the power to become a son of God. Living without the hope to turn and repent and believe the gospel. Today you still have time. Today you can still repent. Today is the day of salvation. But there is coming a day of darkness. There is coming a night, Jesus said in John chapter 9, I believe in verse 4, a night the night cometh when no man can work the night cometh whenever no preacher can preach you under conviction the night cometh when the Holy Ghost will no longer deal with your soul the night cometh when you will be sealed in the path that you have chosen and your rebellion against the Son of God whether you pretend to love the Lord or not the night will expose you the night will show you the power of darkness you see today you may be keeping the night under control today you you might be hanging out in the light today. You might be trying to shine some of the light of God's word on your life, so that you can sparkle and look all good and fancy. But the night cometh, and when the night cometh, and the power of darkness comes upon you, you will not be able to stand, and you will be exposed for the fraud that you are. Here and go to First John in the Bible. First John. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, this then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This statement is an absolute statement. Absolute statements are outside the bounds of human ability except in very small realms. There is no salt in this salt shaker. That's about as deep as we can get with absolute statements. It has to be something that you can observe completely, something that you can see in every detail, something that you can, that you can check, something that you can test, something that you can ensure at every moment at the exact exact same time as you say it, that that statement is true. We cannot make absolute statements, but God can make absolute statements. And here God makes an absolute statement. God says here in first John chapter one and verse five, this then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Did you hear what the Bible says today? This is non-negotiable. This is an absolute statement from the mouth of God. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth but I'm just a work in progress. You lie! If you walk in darkness and say you have fellowship with God, you lie and do not the truth! But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. This did not say cleanseth us from all guilt of sin. This said the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. Now he goes on and gives another shocking statement that's equally true. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man's sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God God perfected. In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. You cannot look at pornography and fulfill this. You cannot be boozing it up, you drunkards out there, and be fulfilling this. You say you walk in the light and you're walking in darkness. You lie and you do not the truth. If you're saved, you'll do what he said to do. What did he say to do? He said, repent. Jesus Christ started his ministry with the message of repent. And he ended his ministry to the church in the book of Revelation in the letter to the church of Laodicea. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Jesus Christ commands that we repent, that we turn to God, turn away from our sin, turn away from the world, agree with what God says about sin, Mourn and grieve and weep before God. Be broken and contrite before God until he delivers you from the sin. It's not a process. It's faith. The just shall live by faith. Nowhere in this Bible does God teach that when you get saved, your flesh becomes sinlessly perfect. But God does teach sinless perfection in a different way than you've heard it taught, in a different way than the heresy that's been taught. He teaches it right there. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. That means there's no sin left when you're right with God. Not one single solitary thought word, act, or deed that is not under the blood of Jesus Christ through repentance and contrition and confession and a strong resolve to revenge against that sin and to walk worthy of the hope and the vocation wherewith you are called. This is the reality. This is the vitality. And this is the sincerity of the true Christian that can truly be called. Ye are all the children of light. oh how I wish I could say that this preacher has never sinned since he's been saved nothing could be further from the truth but this preacher by God's grace has got to the place of mercy through repentance and turning from his sins and as long as I'm willing to stay humble before God and seek him for the power to not only have the profession of a son of God but to live the life of a son of God he gives me the power to live holy in this present evil world he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked how did he walk could he sit on your couch and watch what you watch Would he and dare you blaspheme Christ and say that he would sit there? The Bible says fools make a mock at sin and what we have, what we call entertainment in this nation is nothing less than a mock at sin. Practical application today. Brethren, I write new, new command no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. Get this close. Follow he that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now I get told that if I don't fellowship with you, that I I hate you, but God tells me that if I partake of your sin that I hate you. Look at what it says right here. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. Fellowship comes not from spending time together. Fellowship is not a group of people gathering together with a common cause. Fellowship is not a bunch of people that name Jesus gathering to worship him. Fellowship is walking in the light as he is in the light. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have Fellowship one with another And the blood of Jesus Christ Cleanseth us from all sin This is fellowship and not the other None occasion of stumbling in him He that hateth his brother is in darkness. You say you love your brother. But do you watch the filth of this world? Do you live the filth of this world? Do you drink the filthy liquor and the alcohol of this world? And you go through all your sin and say you love your brother. And you're lying and a liar according to the word of God. You hate your brother and you're in darkness and you walk in darkness. The Bible says, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness. And walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Do you want to know the truth today or are you afraid of the truth? Do you want to know the truth today or are you geared up to mock the truth? The truth of the matter is that churches across this land and all around this world that make a mock at sin, that revel in their idolatry, that roll in their adultery, that have fun with their fornication, that have all manner of sin and covetousness and pride and malice, All of the world in the church hate their brethren because they occasion the stumbling of the weaker brother on every front and they hate the brethren and they walk in the darkness and they lie and do not the truth. (coughs) Look at verse 15. He gives some exhortations there. We could read the whole chapter. We're going to skip for time's sake. Read it yourself. I encourage you. Verse 15, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You say you love God, you love the world. You're lying. You're lying. It's a lie. And I love you enough to tell you it's a lie. Oh, I hope thousands hear this. I doubt it. I'm a nobody. But if God would use this and let thousands and hundreds and thousands and millions hear it, they would hear the truth. And that's why I want it heard because it's truth. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Churches are full of the world. Families are full of the world. Your TV is pouring the world into your home. Your cell phone is constantly connected to the world and all the things of the world. And your heart is entangled and ensnared in the love of the world and you say you love your brother you say you love God the love of the father is not in him verse 16 for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Not he that saith that the will of God is a good thing to do. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Some would say, you preach works salvation. No, I preach a salvation that works. It works It does what Christ commands you to do. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He didn't say he gave them power to put a bumper sticker on their car or to get a tattoo with a cross on it. He said to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You want to claim to be a son of God and roll in the filth of the swine pit. God says you lie. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. few more verses here John chapter 3 and verse 2 beloved now are we the sons of God almost a direct summary of 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 5 ye are all the children of light and the children of the day we are not of the night nor of the darkness here he says but now are we the sons of God not later now if you are saved by the power of God you are a son of God now And he says here, it yet, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Verse three, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. It is not saying here, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Apostle John is not saying, Beloved, every man that hath the hope of being a child of God purifieth himself as he is pure. That is not what he said now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure whosoever committeth sin transgresseth Also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law, and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins, not to save us from hell. Never did Jesus state his purpose as to rescue us from hell. It was to save us from sin, and he warned us to flee the wrath to come. But the sin is what Christ came to take away. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. That is Bible. You don't get away from that text. If you are sinning, you are not abiding in him, period. We're going to get to this here. There is a new man and there is an old man. When you're abiding in him, the new man is ruling. When you are not abiding in him, the old man is rul- is rolling. Is ruling. But if you say that you're abiding in him and sinning, you are a liar. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God there is a reality that to this of the old man and the new man that the new man cannot sin Jesus or John or I'm sorry in Romans Paul said that I find it is no more I that do it but sin that dwelleth in me he taught this in Romans 7 and in Romans 8 you find the old man and the new man but what has happened in our day is what is a new Gnosticism, a teaching that separates the new man from the old man to such an extent that a Christian, a so called Christian can live after the flesh and walk according to the deeds of the flesh and follow the lusts of the flesh and love the world and claim that they have a new man inside that isn't sinning This abomination is a heresy. (coughs) God chastens every son of his whom he loves. If you love the world and you live after the world, if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. God will kill a Christian that lives in consistent rebellion and will not get right with him. God will not let you live. If you say you're of God and you will not keep his commandments, you are a liar. God will see to it that you keep his commandments. You see, it's not up to you. If keeping Christ's commandments was something you did to be saved, then I can understand why some of you are angry at me today for preaching this. But that's not the case at all. Rather, when you are saved, you will keep His commandments because He will do it in you. Salvation is of the Lord. God saves and God sanctifies and God satisfies. God is the one that does it. And one who is truly saved can not live in sin. Oh, he'll try to, his old flesh will, but God will so chasten him that he will run weeping back to the cross. If he's as sorry a sinner as this preacher is, he may have to be chastened very much. But God will chasten him and he will not continue in sin. A true Christian has no choice in the matter because God is his father and God is a very austere father, a stern father. He's a loving father, but he's a stern father and he will not tolerate sin. God is holy, and he has made a way, Christians, for you when you have sinned to be reconciled with him through Jesus Christ, our advocate. He's given you a way, a means. If you're truly saved, you will not push away the means that God gives you to be right with him. If you are truly saved, you will not deny Christ and push him away and fight your way against God into a world of filth and sin. In this the children of God are manifest, verse 10, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Can you let your brother live in sin and not say anything and just shrug your shoulder and go on with your life? You don't love him at all. If you saw your brother with a huge weight hanging above his head by a slender thread, about to fall and crush him, would you leave him standing there without uttering a word? Would you laugh at the situation and say, well, he got away with it for the last hour. Maybe he'll get away with it for another hour. We're all a work in progress. I'll just leave him there. This false Christianity that we have today is taking you to hell, people. It's taking the church that calls itself the church to hell. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Remember, he says, this is the message that ye have heard, that ye heard. We started, ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Are you a child of the light or are you a child of darkness? He says, this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him. By the way, Cain was very religious because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He says, My little brethren, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let's move quickly. Five, chapter five, verse 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. He's talking about prayer here in chapter five, and he's talking about intercessory prayer for a brother that's living in sin. Do you grieve when you see other Christians living in sin? Or do you just shrug your shoulders and go along with it? This will tell you if you're light or if you're darkness. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. This is not just talking about your new man. Oh, it applies. And there's an application you've got to figure out of that old man and that new man. And it all balances out with Scripture rightly divided. But if you go on in your sin, you evidence to the world that you are a child of darkness. You say darkness can get a sign that says light on it, but who can read it in the darkness? Without light, it doesn't matter what darkness says it is. No one can even say see what the sign says. And if you don't have light in yourself, it doesn't matter what comes out your mouth. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what church you went to, who your parents were. It doesn't matter what experiences you've had if you do not have light obedient light, the power of God to overcome sin in your life, then you are of your father, the devil. He chastens every son of his whom he loves. He brings them back to him and he brings them back not to sin, but to him. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. In closing, we're going to look at just a couple more verses. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. <coughs> In verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. We all know that verse, we've got it down. It's the greatest excuse text in our day, for the Christian church that doesn't want to obey Christ, that refuses to crucify the flesh, that refuses to repent and follow Christ. So we all quote these types of verses, forgetting the verse before it that said, if you walk in the spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse eighteen But if ye be led of the Spirit ye are not under the law. Here's the light and the dark, the flesh and the spirit. But if ye led but if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law, now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery. Now that means doing it or enjoying it. You watch this adultery on TV, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, you think it's a big joke? When it comes up at work, you laugh at the dirty stories, idolatry, witchcraft. You think that's funny too, fairy tales. You fill your home with it and act like God's okay with it. It's darkness. How can you fill your home with darkness and claim to be of the light? Variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, Christian excusing your liquor, revelings and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past. Listen to this. They, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. God did not lie. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You say, you cannot do the things that you would, but God says, if you do these things, ye shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Not, listen, it's not your performance that obtains your salvation, but rather salvation that obtains your performance. And if you have salvation, you have performance. And if you have no performance, it's because you have no salvation. Your attempts to change your life and perform will never obtain salvation, but salvation will obtain performance. One way or another, you will follow Christ if you're saved. Whether with a chastening rod across your backside or willingly, you will follow Christ if you're his. He doesn't lose his sheep. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Listen here. God doesn't lie and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. You say, how so? Well, first of all, on the cross of Calvary, by faith, and secondly, through the operation of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And that's, these two parts to it are why sometimes we don't live like we, um, like we ought. He says here in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit let us also walk in the Spirit, showing two different operations of grace, eternal life through the Spirit and sanctified life through the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Go to Romans chapter 8 as we close. I don't know, maybe this, this could be the last sermon I ever preach. You never know. I'd like to stay on this earth and preach the gospel many more years. I certainly don't deserve to. I've been chastened quite a lot, and not nearly as much as I deserve. If God were to chasten me um, like I probably should deserve it, I probably would not be here today. He's full of mercy and long-suffering. But if this were the last message I ever preached, I would hate to shut it off five minutes before I gave you these few more verses. So please bear with me and listen. In Romans 7, In verse 18, he says, and we'll back up to verse 17, Now then, it is no more I that do it, that is to sin, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me." What is he saying? That sounds confusing, but it's not. There's two different eyes involved here. There's the new eye, the born-again Paul, and there's the old Saul of Tarshish that still sins, and that's the I that sins, and the I that doesn't sin is the new Paul who was saved and born again by the power of God, who the seed of God remains in, and he cannot sin. He says, I find that a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. You have the inward man, the new man, the members, the flesh, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. To the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God, he says. There's hope. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. Chapter 8, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Period. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, you walk after the flesh, ye shall die. He's about to say that. And that's pretty good condemnation there. This condemnation is not talking about eternal damnation, but rather the judgment of God on the saints, which is clear throughout the Bible, that God judges his saints and he will judge his church. Judgment must begin at the house of God. God will not let you live in sin, born-again Christian. You should fear before God when the devil tempts you because it will cost you if you sin. God will not tolerate it. He will not allow it. The day will come when you come to the end of your rope of mercy and God pulls you back and it may cost you dearly. God will not allow true Christians to sin. If you haven't signed up to be saved yet through the blood of Jesus Christ, by trusting in Christ Jesus, you let this sink into your heart now. God will not allow you to bring your sin with you. You must part with your sin. It is not that you must reform to be saved, but that when you saved, you will reform or you will die under the hand of God reforming you. God will not stop short of conforming his children into the image of Christ. This is so true, I cannot stress it enough. He says here in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. That means Christian, you don't have to sin ever again in your life. That's what that means. You don't have to. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, and that's my own attempts to reform, can't do it. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. God's not lying. He's not using metaphors. To be carnally minded is death. He will literally take your life before he allows you to live in unrepentant carnality. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God these be the lost but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you as if he's saying ye are all the children of the light and the children of the day we are not of the light uh, not of the night nor of the darkness ye are all the children of light but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. There's no such thing as a man who gets saved without having the Spirit of God. That is what being born again is. The Holy Spirit moves in and births a new creature in you or you're not saved. This is the salvation that Christ offers. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And if Christ to be in you Romans 810 and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you the first act of saving grace being born again by the power of God the indwelling of the Holy Spirit taking up residence within you if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken make alive give power to strengthen invigorate shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth within you the spirit of him he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you if you are saved the spirit of God will quicken your body it's not optional he will do it it is optional whether you fight him or not if you fight him in your carnal mindedness you'll die but if you yield to him you'll have life and peace therefore brethren <clears throat> verse 12, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Here, Paul just got done saying the good that I would, I do not and that, which I would not that. Do I, I find in a law on my members that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And in Galatians, he said, so that you cannot do the things that you ought, the flesh worth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that you cannot do the things that you ought. And here he says, <clears throat> therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as say they're the children of God. But as many as are led by the Spirit of God, did the Spirit of God lead you to commit adultery, fornication, idolatry, lead you to wrath, anger, malice, strife, backbiting? Did the Spirit of God lead you to watch dirty movies? Did the Spirit of God lead you to leave your wife? Did the Spirit of God lead you into pornography? Did the Spirit of God lead you to leave your church and badmouth the preacher? Did the Spirit of God lead you to gossip about a brother in Christ? Did the Spirit of God lead you... Or did your carnal mind lead you? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. I thank you for your patience today. I know we've gone long, but I believe the Lord had us to go into these texts. If you want to claim the benefits of eternal security at the end of this chapter in Romans 8, you better start with the prerequisites of no condemnation by walking in the Spirit. Eternal security has no practical value in the life of a Christian that does not follow the leading leading and leadership of the Holy Spirit of God other than positional value. And there, there may be some, but God will kill you and take you to heaven, and your work will be burned if you continue to rebel against God. But if you will submit to God, you will have life and peace, and you'll be able to enjoy the practical benefits today of eternal security and of knowing where you will go when you die. All of this hinges here on the spirit of adoption, and the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Why do so many people struggle with knowing whether or not they're saved? Well, either they've swallowed a bunch of hogwash, about eternal security being for those who make a profession rather than those who follow Christ. Or they've never come to a place of yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They've never submitted and said, okay, God, I'll obey you. I want you to quicken me and lead me and let God lead them. And until they get there, they're never going to have real peace. Because the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And the practical daily benefits of eternal salvation are only yours in so much as you allow the Holy Spirit of God to have free course in your life. The more you resist Him, the more you resist your own comfort. Because He is your comforter. Father, I thank You for these truths today. I worship You and I praise You. Your Word says here, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, I thank you for these promises. I thank you, Lord, that you've not left us to wallow our way through this world. That, Lord, it's not up to me to make myself holy. It's only my job to yield in faith to your divine will through belief of your word and obedience to your commandments, and that you promised me power to obey you, and that if I walk in the Spirit, I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I thank you that in Christ there's power to live a holy and a sinless life as long as I'm willing to yield to you and allow you to live your life through me. I thank you, Lord, for these promises. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you.